hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. And you have made it. You are here. You're in Insurance Town. I'm so glad you're here. And uh, we have continued to grow uh, each and every week since we started this show, and it makes me happy. Some wants better than others, but that's just like the insurance business. Um, and lately it's been really solid. So I appreciate the referrals. I appreciate you sending people my way. I appreciate you telling other people about the show because it means a lot to me and my wonderful sponsors, uh, sponsors like agency performance partners, uh, agency performance partners has been a great, great show sponsor for me and Kelly Donahue Piro and her team do a phenomenal job. And what they want to do is, is help agencies just like you to solve their biggest problems. And those problems are usually revolved around their people and their processes and their procedures, uh, how they get things done. And Kelly is a guru at time management. Um, she is so good at setting up processes, procedures. Um, she has written courses that you can purchase virtually or uh, live, or you, know, you could uh, do it through the school. They have a what they call... Uh, the agency performance pack, which is a, a school do-it-yourself program. You can go through that model as well. And agency performance partners just, uh, they do a phenomenal job. Uh, I can't say it enough. So uh, go to agencyperformancepartners.com. Check it out. Their website is so informative. And, uh, you know, you can check out testimonials. You can check out this. You can check out that. You can check out and buy things. Uh, just like the wordplay into there. Uh, anyway, go to agencyperformancepartners.com. Check it out. Also, I want to talk to you uh, about my good friends over at CoverDesk. CoverDesk is your premier solution for getting um, you know virtual assistance on your team. And uh, you know, a lot of people call come to me or, or call us, and or they talk to me about hiring or finding the right staff or, or getting that uh, that right person in the door. And CoverDesk does a great job at that, and they are. They've already vetted them. They've already uh, trained them. They've already gotten them in the door. And uh, they go through the interview process with you to find the right virtual assistants for your agency. And uh, if that doesn't work out, then they'll find you another one. But usually, they do, you'll all do a really good job of that together. You want to check out uh, CoverDesk to take off some of those administrative tasks, to help you with quoting, to help you with big projects, to help you with endorsements, or certificates, anything like that. Coverdesk.com and tell Andy that I sent you. You'll be so proud that you did. And I appreciate all the emails. I got one last week from somebody saying that they signed up a Coverdesk and they're so pleased. And I know Andy would be pleased to hear that as well. So thank you for doing that. Now, on to today's show. Today, I've got my good friend, James Jenkins. He liked to, he and I like to compete on a lot of things, whether it's uh, time on the microphone or um, uh, little things like that. Uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. I, I love this guy to death. Uh, his voice is so silky smooth. I'll try to shut up as much as I can on this podcast so you can just hear him talk because uh, he's got a great voice. And he's doing some big things since his transition the last four years into independent you know who he is. You love him. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with my main man, James Jenkins. My man, James Jenkins. What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Thanks for having man, me. That that silky smooth, that deep voice. Man, I had to have you on, man. I'm oh, so glad stop it. You'll make me blush. Man, I love it. I listen to your podcast just because of that voice, man. I, I just absolutely love it. I don't even care what the content is. I just want to listen to your voice. Thank you. You know, I, I kid you not, and this sounds silly to say it, but 
I swear one of these days I'm just going to call up the ABC, NBC, CBS affiliates here in Dallas and be like, hey, who do I talk to about doing your commercials? And I'm just going to say, hey, do you hear my voice? Do you want this on your commercial? Right. Let's make it happen. I, I haven't gotten around to it yet, but honestly, it's like, could I be doing like movie trailers or Good. something to get paid for the voice? Because, I mean, God gave it to me. I really can't take credit for it. It is what it is, right? But it's um, pretty amazing. But yeah, I, I feel like I'm squandering it somehow. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that's awesome. I I, I love it. And I try. Really, I, I'm going to find myself on this podcast trying to talk in a deeper voice just to match you. But I can't. Would you like but, me to talk with a little bit of falsetto? Would that make no. it easier for you? What's funny is when you move away from the mic, that's what you sound like. But in the mic, I'm just kidding. Wouldn't yeah. that be funny if that oh, was no. like a mic filter? That would be hilarious. <laughs> oh, okay. You meet me at a conference like, hi, I'm James. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> that would be funny. All right. Before <laughs> you and I just totally derail, why don't we go down a little walk down memory lane, give my audience a little bit of background of who the man, the myth, the legend James Jenkins is and lead me up to today. No, uh, before before 2012, man, I I was just not paying, not worth paying any attention to. The, my first six years in the industry, I was a farmer's agent. I came into the game because I was burnt out and just completely disillusioned about corporate America. I had a bunch of jobs before. None of that's worth really talking about. A bunch of random crap. Uh, food service, uh, contract food service for higher education. I was a general manager of a Chick-fil-A bunch of stuff in telecom sales and support, just a mishmash prior to insurance, never really found my thing. And then uh, found the insurance industry completely by accident, uh, put my resume out there thinking sales positions was probably where I was going to end up because I like talking to people and selling stuff comes natural. And then uh, found my way to farmers after interviewing with a bunch of carriers and did the captive agency owner thing for about six years and then got, uh, got to a point, and that's a long conversation for a different day. Uh, found the end of the road in the captive channel uh, and ended up uh, deciding to sell that agency and go independent. We launched uh, Risk Well in April of 2019. You can do some quick math and realize we're at the very beginning of our fourth year right now. And it's just been a whole lot of fun, man. I uh, gotten started uh, early on with IAOA, the group on Facebook. I uh, got connected with Carruthers and the Killing Commercial group uh, just found my tribe and now it's rinse and repeat man we are just having a whole lot of fun writing good business heavy on the commercial side and it's it's just a lot of fun i've got a great great team around me i've recruited a bunch of people that don't have any background in insurance they're just good folks i uh, like to get stuff done and have fun together uh, and that's uh that's who we are in a nutshell dude i love it so i gotta back you a minute because now that you're on my show i get to ask you whatever i want to and yeah man i love it on this side of the mic i gotta be honest yeah. i don't have to come up with any questions yeah if you like it cool if not we'll edit the crap out but i'm gonna ask you because i've always wanted to know risk well where'd that come from Where, where'd you come up with risk well that's an interesting you know, name it is the process of about six months of figuring out the identity of the brand because i knew with absolute certainty, the brand needed to have legs. Uh, I, I want to blow this thing up. Uh, I, I intend to do this for the rest of my career. I, I'm not one of these guys that's looking to get a big multiple and sell and go do something else. I, I'm on a mission. Uh, here in in Texas, there is an office. Uh, I shouldn't say an office. They're a company, not an office. Uh, uh, a larger broker called Higginbotham. And uh, they're based in Fort Worth. About 45, 50 years ago, Granddaddy Higginbotham started off as a small, normal agent. And uh, you know, over the course of many years and many, many acquisitions and, and you know, hirings and, and whatnot, uh, they have become a massive regional broker. 
Uh, they've got about 2,000 employees. They write well over a billion in premium. Um, but they started off just 45, 50 years ago as a regular, small, family-run agency. And uh, it, you look at all of the really big, well-respected companies in every industry. There's something about the name, and it has to be short. It, I knew it had to be eight letters or fewer, and it had to be very easily recognizable the brand was really important. And I knew for sure it could not have the words insurance or agency in the name of the company. N not an option. Has to be something memorable. So we we went through literally months of conversations with a bunch of uh, friends and people that I respect and just bounced ideas. And we went through dozens and dozens, a couple hundred options. The most important thing to me, as silly as it sounds, was the web address. Uh, if I had a good idea for a company name and I liked it, First thing I would do is go look up the web address and see, is this address in use? Is it available for sale or is it one of those you know, unicorns where I can go to godaddy.com and buy it for 12 bucks? Uh, ended up finding Riskwell, uh, the domain, and bought it for about $3,500 uh, and felt that it was worth it. And we built our brand around that. And here we go. Did you have to buy it from Scott Hell? You know, he owns like a million website addresses. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I did That's, not. I bought it from one of those uh, aggregators that yeah. you know, buys up everything. Right. But I like the name Riskwell. I think it's cool. And I saw you at an event. I don't know which one we were in the same event at. I think you even have shoes at Riskwell on it. That's I do. Pretty that's pretty dope as well, man. So it's the cool thing to do, right? Everybody's getting these custom Nikes this year. Yeah, dude. Todd Tams uh, is the first one that I saw doing it about a year ago. Yeah. And uh, I, I got mine back in December. And I, I think two or three people had had them before me. And I was like, I really like that. And I don't want to be the 10th one to do it. I'd like to get it as early as possible. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, one of those things that, you know, people listen to my show enough, they know when I mention this, but you know, we, James is a part of a, a, a thread of conversation with a lot of us podcasters. I remember seeing Bradley had some, his own shoes. Yeah. He had it before yeah. I did. Yeah. And so I remember that I was like, man, that is cool. And I was like, you, I don't want to be the, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th, whatever one. And now it's so late in the game. I just said, forget it. So I just took some Sharpies to, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but no, I, uh, no, I, I love to hear, you know, a story of someone going from the captive to independent. I know that's, you know, a played out story for you probably, because you probably tell that story all the time. So yeah. we don't have to dive into that a lot, but well, I and, and I'm going to, I'm going to go back to that for just a second, because there's a yeah, couple dude. of elements that I want to really focus on because it might be useful for your listeners. Yeah, dude. When I was designing the brand, I knew it had to be scalable. It had to have legs because the worst thing you can do is pick a brand and have it tap out, you know, at some point earlier than you want it to. That's why I knew with, with certainty, I couldn't have my last name on it. Because if I'm going to come out there and recruit high-performance sales professionals to join me on mission, and if I want to you know, recruit someone and give them an equity position at some point, my last name can't be associated with it because the gamers, the cold-blooded killers, the hustlers out there, they're just not going to be as invested in something that has someone else's last name stuck on it. If, if it's yep. a brand that they can believe in and identify with the vision and values, uh, the mission of that brand, I think it's a lot easier to attach someone viscerally to the work that they're doing. So I, I knew it had to be something that had scale and, and legs. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that because 
I think you're right on that. I think there's a lot of those, you know, agencies that sound like law firms, you know, where it's like Jenkins and Sharon or, you know, whatever flowers and Howell or whatever it might be. You'll, you'll laugh at me. That was us for the first year. The risk well name didn't come in until April 1st of 2020. Really? We launched the agency as James Jenkins and Associates, which is oh, just wow. an awful name. It's terrible because <laughs> it, it sounds like a small town law firm. It does. The URL, the URL is tragic. It's jjairm.com. Oh, germ. <laughs> I kid you not. If you go to jjairm.com, it'll redirect to restwell.com, but I'm just embarrassed that that was ever a thing. Well, which again is why the Riskwell name had to have a great URL. And so I can yeah. understand that now, giving yeah. me that backstory. And there's a lot of people, which as you, you've had a podcast now for a little while, you figure out who your audience is, whether you intended for that or not. Yeah. And I listened to one of your shows recently, which I love, where you're very transparent and honest about some things with your audience. Yeah. And uh, I really appreciate that. I'm a fan. And so for me and my show, you know, I figured out a lot of people listen to my show um, are either new to the game or there are people who've left the captive side, similar to probably a little bit of your, uh, your story, or that maybe have been life and health for a while and they're coming into the PNC side, something to that effect. And I don't know why that is, but I do have a large audience that does that. A lot of the emails I get and the conversations I have are from people in that realm. Hmm. So I think it's important to hear that because a lot of people, when they start their own agency or they leave a farmer's or a state farm, that's something they go through trying to figure out what the name is. Yeah. And they'll, they'll call me and be like, Hey, you know, you have any ideas of what I should do or what are some common names? I'm like, you don't want common names out there. No. You want something unique to you. And so I'm glad to hear you tell that story of risk. Well, cause I never heard it before. And it means a lot to me. And I'm looking at this incredible neon sign behind you. Um, that yeah, I think man. it's super sweet, dude. Um, I've seen that. Whatever you do, you got to be your own thing. You, yeah. you have to find your own lane because I mean, there's so much power in, in a sales process of knowing what the other guy is going to say and using it against him. Like yeah. I was in a conversation for a BOR uh, Friday before last, and there is a, another large office here in DFW that has similar specialties to what we do. And it, the, the prospect was a custom home builder. Uh, it, it's probably somewhere six, seven, eight thousand in revenue, something like that. And I was the second one that he he talked to, and he he came to me on a referral. But the conversation lasted an hour and thirteen minutes, and it was like Peyton Manning calling the defense and like, oh, the middle linebacker is about to scoot up. Oh, watch out! They're going to drop into cover too as soon as I snap it. Like I'm a student of the game, and I'm a student of how people approach this stuff to the point that I was calling their plays in that conversation with the, with the prospect. And and he was mentioning, you know, what the other, because the other team had already gone to market. They already have control of all the markets. So the only way I'm going to be able to play is a BOR because they're, they're already locked up all of the open markets. But he and I were talking about this stuff and I said, well, they went there, didn't they? They delivered you a quote from Evanston for the GL and Texas mutual for the work comp. And they probably said this during the process. It was like, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what they did. I was like, so they talked to you about the installation floater. Uh, what about the commercial auto about this endorsement on the auto? I've seen some of their policies before and they tend to leave that endorsement off. He was like, uh, no, that endorsement's not on there. I was like, well, it probably should be on there. And here's why and he was like, oh, wow, you're, you're really good at this stuff. I was like, Hey man, I'm a nerd for this. This is what I do all day, every day. If I didn't know what my competition was doing, it wouldn't be nearly as easy to beat them. 
and they're they're 20 times the size of my agency. But when I go head to head with them, I win almost every time. 60% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> Sex Panther. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what I'd like to say, I, I, <laughs> I love that. Because... It has bits of real Panther in it, so you know it's working. <laughs> So again, going back to owning who you are, what you are, and I love that you lead the education and you own the fact that you're an insurance nerd, so to speak, in that, mm-hmm. because I think that goes back to being a successful producer in whatever realm that is. And your agency is the same way and your staff has got to own that as well. And so mm-hmm. for you to be able to go in and lead with that, like, you know, I've heard from other producers out there and other people that have podcasts, they lead with some work comp, something or other, or they lead with this, or they lead with that. And that's great, but that doesn't work for everybody. And yours yeah. is, you know, you know, those coverages inside and out. It sounds like, you know, the markets, you know, the industry cycles and what's going on with each market and what endorsements are and are not on there. And so if you can lead with that and own that, yeah. then sharpen that tool and go out to battle every day with that tool. Well, and let me just be clear, leading with product knowledge, I think is a very bad idea. Uh, we I, I use that as an example, but that was baked into the middle of the conversation. We were sure. 25, 30 minutes in before that even came up. The, the way that I've found that works best for leading in is one, hey, what has you shopping? What's going on? Yep. What are you looking to accomplish here? And, and asking, are you calling us first? Where are we in the list? Are we first, second, third, fourth, fifth office you've called? And then asking direct question, Okay, well, we're the third office you called. What what's missing from the first two? Right, you've already had two conversations with someone like me. I can guess it's probably not your hobby to call insurance people and talk with them and spend your valuable time. So, what's missing so far? Why haven't you signed with the other two? Yep, and just whatever they tell you is solid gold because that is telling you what is missing. So you know what you have to deliver if you want to win. No, I love that. And I didn't mean you know, when I said lead, and that's, I think oh, that's no, right. You're good, man. No, no you're good. I, but I do. What I meant by that is, you know, whatever that tool is that you have in your tool shed, I think you should sharpen it and yeah. use that. Absolutely. And if your whole thing is not, you know, employee handbooks and safety trainings and OSHA and whatnot, don't use that. Mm-hmm. So many people try to be all things to all people and they end up being yeah. nothing to nobody. And Agreed. so I really think it's smart to use that tool. And if yours is education, cool. Mine, when I was a producer, and this is probably why I'm not a producer anymore. I sold my agency, but I led with just <laughs> being just a, a charismatic, fun guy to hang out with. Somebody mm-hmm. they could buddy with. They could call me at any time. I was going to take care of them. Yeah. I led with my charm, my charisma, and my charming good looks. That's what I led with. And that's what I had. Now, over time, I developed a tool shed and I developed, you know, some arrows in the quiver, but in the beginning, and I I never did figure that out until later on in my career. And so it's cool that, you know, four years in whatever your own agency, and you've got to kind of figure out of like, okay, I'm really good at this part of it. Yeah. You know, and I think you're right to ask those direct open and honest questions of, you know, I don't want to sit here again, whether you say this or not, I was brutally honest. So I would say it, but I don't want to waste mine or your time. If I'm your fifth call of the day, or I'm your third market to go to, you know, what is, like you said, what is the problem with the other two? Why are we here? What's going on other than price? Why are you shopping? What I love about the whole process is the efficiency that you get to enjoy. If you are very, very clear when someone Uh, If they call our office and ask to speak with me, they don't get through immediately. They have to make an appointment. And the reason why they make an appointment 
is because I want them watching the broker selection video first. And I said, I'm happy to meet with you. I'm available at such and such time. Between now and then, I want you to watch this 11 minute video. It will help explain the way that we operate. It's different than how you're probably used to going to market. It is in your business's best interest. Whether you work with me or not, you need to watch this video. It's not a sales pitch. It is informative of what we believe is the best way to shop for business insurance. And they, I know if they watch it or not, because we track the links in our emails and I know if right. they click the link. Now, I don't know how much of the video they watch, but I know if they open the email and if they click the link. And if they haven't clicked the link, I won't meet with them. And wow. I use what Marcus Sheridan calls assignment selling uh, in, in that context, because the very first thing that I'm going to say when we get on the phone is, hey, what'd you think of that video? And I know if they watched it or not, because I checked before I got on the call with them. And if they say, oh, I haven't watched it yet, I'm going to say, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to hold this call with you then. You know, let me know when you've watched it and we can have a conversation because I'm not going to spend my valuable time regurgitating what's already in that video. If you're not going to spend 11 minutes to use your time to get something that's valuable, why would I spend time with you if you're not going to invest in getting better about the process? Now, 85, 90% of the time, that hasn't been a thing. But I mean, it is a thing for a low end, low value prospect. They're going to be like, screw it. I don't care. I want a quote. And what's my answer? I'm not going to give you a quote. I'm not going to waste my valuable time going to market for you if you're not going to follow very simple instructions. Dude, I That's love it. that. No, I love that. I because think the great prospects, they're totally fine watching the video. They're like, oh, you, you made a video about broker selection model. Oh, it's useful for me and my business. That's why I tell them, even if you don't use Riskwell, even if you choose to not hire us, it's still really useful information and you will benefit in your business from it, whether you work with us or not. Once they hear that, the smart ones always watch it. You know, and I think what I love the most about that is, you know, that you you have the process and you stick to that process. If they don't follow your process, because too many people will, they will bend their own processes and they will bend their own, you know, and cheat on their own rules, so to speak, because they want to write anything and everything they can. And so like, oh, yeah. it's okay. They didn't watch the video, but you've got, you've committed to that. And as Dr. Billy Williams say, the standards. And so you want to make sure if they don't fit that standard, yeah. then you're not going to write that. If they don't follow that process, you're going to walk away and you're okay with that. Yeah. And the way that it's presented to them is it saves us time in our conversation and makes it a whole lot easier for you to decide if you want to work with us or not. Because sure. if you watch the first half of that video and you go, nah, I'm good. I don't want to do business that way. I'm not interested in doing that risk well broker selection model thing. Then you're probably going to call back or email and say, hey, you know what? We're good. I don't need to meet. And you're and, probably okay with they, that. And I'm totally okay with that if they don't want to play that game because it means they're probably going to be working with two or three or four offices. They're going to go to the, the market and split up access. They're going to sit down with two, three, four quotes and pick the cheapest one and call it a day. I don't want that prospect. Right. And so it goes back to you got a... a, a a vision in your mind of what your ideal client looks like. And if it mm -hmm. doesn't fit that, then you're okay with that. And I think that's smart to have that early on in your career, in your first four years, as you yep. just mentioned to us, so that you can look, you can look into 40 years in the future. As you said, this is your career, 30 years, yep. whatever it is. And your future, you know what your book's going to look like. You know what your ideal client's going to look like. And that'll yep. change and ebb and flow over the years, but you know, pretty good chance of what it's going to look like. Now, when people ask, well, what are you shooting for? I said, complete domination. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> I want I want everything that I want. If I don't want it, I don't want it. But if I want it, I want it. Yeah, that's so deep. I mean, that was just the way you said that. <laughs> but <laughs> if I, I want I it, I want it. That's how I live. 
Yeah. If if it's something like, for instance, I like the idea of buying a nice watch, and I've had my my eye on uh, the Omega Seamaster Planet Ocean, the James Bond watch, for a long time, and I've got the money sitting in the bank, and it's in my big purchases discretionary account, and it's sitting there. The money is sitting right there. I could go buy that. $7,000 watch right now if I want to, because little by little, piece by piece, I saved up and put money in that account. And that's my, you know, spend a little bit on something nice for me thing, but it's been sitting there forever. I mean, I've had the money sitting in that account for like eight months and I can't bring myself to spend $7,000 on a watch because it's like, do I, do I want it? Do I, do I want it that much? Am I willing to spend seven grand on a watch? The answer is no, because the money's still sitting in the account. But if I wanted it, I want it. I'm going to get it. But if I don't want it, then let's let's leave it alone and go spend our time and energy somewhere else. I think we really, you and I both and our peers and our colleagues really just need to ask the question, do I want it? Well, because if you want it, then go get it and do what it takes to go get it. And if you don't want it, stop playing around. You're kidding yourself. Get out of here. We are at a mid-roll ad, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry to interrupt this beautiful podcast we got going on. I know you got a lot of information. You're on the edge of your seats. Like, oh, we went to a mid-roll. But I got to talk to you about my friends over at Smart Choice. Uh, Smart Choice does a phenomenal job working with agencies. Uh, and it, it's, uh, it's one of those things that's a game changer. If you're looking for market access, or if you're looking for just a partner for your agency, or if you're looking for someone to uh, help you in any way they can, you know, reach out to my friends over at Smart Choice. Go to smartchoiceagents.com. They have no lengthy contracts, no upfront fees. Uh, they only work off of commission splits. So that's only off the business that they provide for you through those markets. So if you've already got an existing book of, you know, 20 or 30 markets or five or 10 markets, you just want to add another one through them. You only split commissions on those. They also do bonus sharing, contingency sharing. They'll do so much for you. They'll even negotiate higher commissions. They'll even negotiate lower volume commitments and premium thresholds. You got to go to smartchoiceagents.com. Also, my good friends over at Canopy Connect, they do a great job for you as well. One-click solution to get the deck pages. You need to quote your prospects. And I love it. I love working with them. I get a phone call literally every week or an email or a DM or something from someone saying, oh my God, Canopy Connect is amazing. They changed the game for my agency, my referral partners, for my producers, for my account managers, whatever it might be. And I love it. Um, Even though it's not me, I I get a sense of pride and I beam and I get excited because uh, I know my friends Tolga and Robert and Casey and my team over there, they do a great job. And so I'm very proud to know that they're sponsoring my show and that you love working with them. So thank you for that. Go to usecanopy.com and go to backslash Heath, get a demo, get a discount, the whole nine. Now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, no, I love that. And you know, that's one of those things that go back to, you know, and this came up on a webinar I was I was leading not too long ago of let's say you get down the road on a on a client uh, or a prospect and you've spent a good amount of time on this prospect and you get down and you, you uh, inevitably all the time not all the time, but most of the time you're gonna uncover information you didn't have in the beginning. And there's times you get down the road on a prospect and you're you know getting down that road and you're like, Oh crap, this came up. Now this this whole thing has changed. You know, they may not fit our profile anymore or this client may not fit this market well. And I, I still say to people at that point, you still have to learn to cut bait and go. And too many people yeah. will say, 
No, I've already invested this much. I'm also just go ahead and write it. Sunk cost fallacy, man. It's classic. Yeah. And it's How like, long are you going to have that client? Right. Probably eight, 10 months, 12 months. On, on average, you'll have them for two or three renewals at most if they're a bad at client. Most. Yeah, at, at most. Yeah, at most. How many how many service calls are you going to have? You know, a that gazillion, is, probably. Yeah. Now I, you know, I was to, on. To a, I'm trying to think of who it was. It was it was some podcast. Just in the last two days, I was li- I listened to a bunch of podcasts, and they were reverse engineering the entire uh, the, the whole process for an account. They were talking about is it a good idea to write that account or not? And they went into you know what's your labor cost? Okay, well. Who's going to do this? Is it a VA doing it? Is it a licensed person in your office or are you doing it? You as the client, you know, what is your call? I remember what it was. It was the clockwork. I was listening to an audio book from Mike McCallowitz, the guy who does pumpkin plan and surge and, and a couple of other books. Uh, the name of the book is clockwork. You should check it out. You know, listeners check out clockwork by Mike McCallowitz. If you haven't, it's great, but it was talking about, you know, what I call activity qualifiers and, and, and my, lexicon when I'm doing the coaching and, and content, we call them activity qualifiers, you know, terminate, automate, delegate, do it yourself. You as the agency principal, do it yourself. But the conversation was, is this account profitable? Do we want to win this account? Okay. What's the average service volume? How many calls are we going to get from this person? What's the average length of the call? 12 minutes. Okay. Over the course of the year, let's say they call 15 times. Well, 15 times 12, Okay, what's our labor cost? Well, let's see, 15 minutes or 15 calls, 20 minutes. So we've got, what, five and a half hours? Okay, well, our CSR's time is worth $22 an hour. And just went through this little process. It was like, okay, so our service labor cost is X and our agency's EBITDA is 18%, let's say. And how much revenue are we making on this account? Wow, we're not even breaking even on this account. After you factor in labor costs for service volume. Well, do we want this account? Do we want to win it? Probably not. Do we want referrals from this person? Do we want more clients like him or her? Maybe, maybe not. Okay, well, let's have that conversation before we ever get down the road. So yeah. losing a bad prospect can be a win. I, I agree completely. And I talk about that a lot with clients. Of If you write great business and you write people within your you know ideal client profile, they're going to attract other people just like them. Yeah. If you get these people that don't fit that, Again, they're going to attract people like them. And, you know, it's a classic, you know, to use an easy, you know, if you don't write non-steric auto, you end up writing a couple of non-steric auto accounts, not bagging on non-steric auto. You're going to end up having more non-steric auto clients on your books because they're going to refer other people like them. Mm-hmm. And so if that's not your bag, you don't want that, then don't make an exception on that one. Stick to what you know and stick to what you want. And if you want it, go get it or whatever you just said. If you want it, you want it, you want it, you got it, want it. You said yeah. want like 12 times. However, you said it. I loved it. If I want it, I want it. If I don't want it, I don't want it. <laughs> there it is. That's it. <laughs> well, because it's, so- it, it's one thing for new business. It's yeah. another thing if something develops from an existing client. Like, are we going to take an account that needs an SR22? Absolutely not. No, we will not do that. Right. But what if an existing client, their kid has a big problem, a big mess up, and they need an SR22? For an existing client, yeah, we'll do that for you. But we'll tell you, hey, for a new client, we wouldn't do this. But you're an existing client, and as a courtesy to you, we'll allow it this time. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So a couple of things, you know, that I want to get into a minute with you is I've got 10 or 12 minutes left that I want to get into some stuff. My mind cannot stop racing over something that you said in a message to me before we hit record. And that's you said that you want to talk if I were to need something to talk to you about. 
It was about not being perfect. What do you mean by that? You're killing me here because I, this, I now you got my mind peaked and I'm interested in what you're talking about. I I am stuck on this concept. And, you know, I was talking to an advisor. Uh, he's on the Mount Rushmore of insurance consultants. Um, I'm not going to name drop him out of respect because he hasn't told me I can do that yet. I just got hooked up with him. He's doing some personal coaching with me. And he took me on, he showed me a graphic of consultants. And there's five points on this graphic. Point one, the first level of consultant is basically someone else who's posting memes on social media. They don't have any original content of any kind of their own. All they're doing is regurgitating somebody else's content. That's like level one and almost no value as a consultant. But as you go through these five levels and you get to the top and it's like, you know, Tim Ferriss or, you know, Tony Robbins or somebody who's just an A-list, high dollar, sought after consultant who's got a whole bunch of their own content. They're thinking on their own level. They're able to take other ideas from other people, but they're synthesizing it and simplifying it and making it their own thing. They're not just puking up some, their version of somebody else's content. You know, I was challenged with how do I get more of my own content without just being a spokesperson for a synthesized version of you or Cass or Carruthers or Bradley or Hanley or or whatever, whoever it happens to be. So this idea is something that I'm really focusing on because I don't hear this very often from anybody else. And what I told you was simply stop trying to be the best. That's what it was. Stop trying to be the best. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. How many best are there? Technically, there's only one. There's one. Yeah, technically. Yeah. How many bests are there ever going to be and within the context of what is defined as best, which is entirely subjective, and that's a whole different conversation, right? There's one that's the best. Yeah. So when you are chasing the best, you are looking for perfection. You are going from not from poor to average or from average to good or from good to great. You're going from great to best in class. So the law of diminishing returns becomes a real problem. Because you are missing out on lots of other opportunities that great agencies are going to go after because you're trying to get that 1% more instead of scaling and growing and being really good in these three or four areas. You're instead trying to be the absolute best in one area, giving up other opportunities, giving up scale and speed and efficiency in other places. Now, the client doesn't have any idea if you're the best and they never will. Best is subjective and it's ego driven. What you should be doing instead of trying to be the best, you should be true to your vision, your values, your mission. Because when you are true to your vision, your mission, your values, what are you going to be? You're going to be noticeably better than average. You're going yeah. to be in a positive way, memorably better than average. And all the client expects you to be is noticeably better than average. If the client sees something that they resonate with, if you are useful and easy to do business with, those are our most recent two talking points for for RiskWell. We want to be super useful for our clients' needs and goals and objectives and preferences. And we want to be really easy to work with. Our tech, our processes, our communication, does it create an experience that's easy for the client. And if we're easy and we're useful, we're automatically going to be perceived as being a whole lot better than the average bear, which means we're probably going to win every bit of business we can get our hands on. And then the only question of our limiting factor becomes, 
how many great people can we hire? How many, how many fantastic team members are we able to get our hands on so we can scale faster? But if you're chasing the best, you're going to be going after minute improvements. You're going to be you know, chasing percentiles yeah. instead of exponents. Dude, I love that. Uh, I think that's solid. And I, and I like that because the reason I say I like that is because, first of all, um, I'll start with this. I think that if you can accomplish that and you can get there in James Jenkins style of not chasing to be the best because that small percentile change there, you're going to have people say you're the best anyway, regardless. And again, that's all subjective. Yeah. But I know a lot of people that know you uh, and we run in the same circles and every time. By the way, you referred somebody to me recently, and I just signed them as a client. I really appreciate it. I'll tell you off air. Thank you for that. Awesome. But again, as I was talking to him, it was, man, James Jenkins is the best, didn't he? Love that guy. He's the best. And you hear that a lot. But because, and do I believe when Jay tells me James Jenkins is the best, that you're the best ever? No. But to him, you're the yeah. best at whatever he needed you to be the best at. Yeah. And, and so that, that really is the heart and soul of that message. Because yeah. it's not that there's nothing wrong with being the best. The problem is, what are you missing out on and you're striving to be the best? Where are you driven by ego instead of delivering a great result to the client? Because at the end of the day, and yeah, I say this as someone that has a lot of ego. I'm an alpha dog, man. Like, I, There's a lot of ego in me. I mean, you can see the letters after my name. I care about being respected by my peers. That's important to me. I that's part of the equation. So I have to be self-aware enough to say, yeah, that's still a component of how I operate. But the client doesn't care about ego. The, the client could not care less about how great you think you are. They care about the result that you deliver and how you make them feel. So if you're chasing best, what are you missing out on in your chase to be best? And yeah. who wins when you're best? And by whose measure are you best? Bingo. And usually what I would say that I have found, and there's some outliers and exceptions to all of this rule, but people that usually are the best don't typically try to be the best. It's just, yeah. they follow a product. Like, we'll go with the <laughs> ultimate goat in this decision for me. And I don't even like this guy, but Tom Brady, I would say he's the goat in, in football, right? Even at 43, yeah. 45, whatever it is. Yeah. But he has a, a strict regimen for his diet. He has a strict regimen for this, a strict process he does. Hell, he was drafted, what, fourth, fifth round, whatever it was, out of Michigan. Yep. Didn't even start his first four or five years. He was behind Drew Bledsoe, I believe. Yep. And all this stuff, but he just kept at it, kept working, kept ticking, 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 ticking along the way. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, Tom Brady's the GOAT. And he's the greatest. He's the best player or quarterback, whatever you want to call it. And so, but again, I don't think he's sought out to be the best. You know, you look at people like that. Like Michael Jordan didn't even make the basketball team when he was like a junior in high school. And yep. now he's known as the best he just worked at it every single day. And I think that's what people try. I think people try too hard and try to do too much outside of who they are. Yeah. They'd miss the whole point of being, as you would say, the best. So I love this concept and I hope that grows legs for you. And you had this whole book come out someday and a whole series that you do. I, I really, I, I'm interested to follow that. It is, it's really important as I gain a little bit more of a voice in our industry that I'm figuring out, okay, what's, What's mine? What can I deliver, whether it's a talking point or a concept or some little nugget that I haven't heard from anybody else in the same way? Like if I'm going to become more valuable and more useful to my peers and to somebody who wants to buy a book or wants to see me as a keynote speaker or whatever, I can't just be synthesizing somebody else's message. There has to be some kind of original content 
or else nobody has any reason to give a crap what I think or say. They'll just go talk to the person that I'm listening to and regurgitating, you know? No, the, the last thing I'll say about the previous conversation and why I was chuckling as you were talking uh, was I, I'm reminded of uh, this talk that uh, Coach McCartney gave um, from Promise Keepers. Uh, this is back in the day when I was a kid uh, going to the, the stadium events. Oh, yeah, uh, I loved for, Promise Keepers my, as a kid. Oh, yeah. I went That's how that. I came to know Christ was Promise Keepers. No kidding. No, man. I, I Reggie White. Thomas man. Keepers has uh Reggie White, man. Reggie God White in actually Ooh. in Dallas, Texas. No kidding, man. It, Coach McCartney was on stage, and this was in New Orleans in 1996. And he said, and it's this stuck with me. I was 12 years old at the time. He's he said, people that are truly successful will never tell you that. Is if someone comes up to you and says, I just want you to know. I'm very successful. They aren't. Someone who comes up to you and says, I just want you, you see this watch on my hand? You see that car I drive? I'm very wealthy. That person's probably leveraged up to their eyeballs. The person who's truly rich, truly wealthy, they will never tell you that they are. But it, it leaves clues. If you know what you're looking for, you can tell. That loafer that they're wearing is a very, very nice loafer. But they, the people that are truly successful will never advertise that fact because they're too busy being successful. They don't care what you think. They have their own goal that they're chasing. Right. You know, I know that's existential and we can chase another rabbit there. But I just think it's as someone who struggles and I'm, I'm seeing a, a professional counselor and an executive coach for like Headspace. And, you know, when I admit to him, yeah, I care what people think. I, I want my peers to respect and admire me. There's an ego component to what I'm doing. I, I can't I can't remove that from the equation. I'm hardwired to to be a people pleaser. I, I want people to like me. And I think there's a, there's value in that, but it can be such a distraction when you're spending more time concerned with the opinions of your peers or your clients or your friends or whatever. It's like, what are you about? What are you on mission for? What is your why? Why do you exist in your family? Why do you exist in your business? Yes, it matters what other people think about you, but your why should be so much bigger than what your peers think about you. And that, that's something I'm personally wrestling with uh, as yep. I'm you know, trying to find my voice and what my content looks like in this industry. And I love that you're, you know, and we're all getting to be a part of that in its beginning infancy stages because you've already, in my opinion, and I say this, you know, in all sincerity, you've already made a major impact in our industry. And you're still, like you said, figuring out that voice and figuring out what that is. And you, as you mentioned earlier, having that ego a little bit, you know that. But at the same time, I see the humility in you and I see things like that. But uh, I also notice, you know, some of those things that you do and I watch you and I'm a, I'm a person, I'm a people like, I'm from Walmart country, so I'm, I'm good at people watching. Mm -hmm. And I love to go into Walmart to watch people, which is funny. <laughs> you ain't lying, man. That's Dude. my A-plus people watching right there. Uh, that and carnivals. But anyway, uh, that's a whole other subject. But I watch you, and I see the way you work a room, and I see when you talk to people, and I'm very impressed by that. And I want to encourage you to continue that. And the intentionality in which you talk to people is impressive to me, and I appreciate that. And I watch you when someone comes and talk to you. You don't just blow them off of "I'm too, I'm too cool for you." You'll sit and talk to those people, and you'll have a conversation. You want to add value to that. So to that, I say kudos to you, and keep doing what you're doing. And you know that velvety smooth voice on that podcast. If that's something that fits within your vision, you know, and building what you're doing, continue that because I love it. And the value that you bring to that is amazing. So again, I don't say all this to blow your head up or to you know kiss your ass or anything it's more of i appreciate you yeah. and i appreciate you being on the show and bringing some value here today and again so thank well, you my audience thanks you and i just i appreciate you first off i'm humbled to hear 
kind words that I know were sincere because uh, you would just as quickly bust my chops and give me hell in three different ways. Uh, so the fact that you said something nice, I know you mean it. Uh, so thank you. Uh, that is, it is received with humility. And, you know, as, as I move down the road, I'm reminded of, of advice that I got a couple of years ago, the first time I was on stage and I was having trouble uh, again with just uh, figuring out the whole insurance famous thing to use a, a, a Brandon Smith term and he, you know, him and, uh, and, no, I just gave him some credit he doesn't have. It's uh, it's Dr. Billy Williams. He used the, the first time I heard somebody say the words insurance famous, it was Dr. Williams. And uh, he's actually uh, coming out. His episode drops tomorrow morning on my podcast um, as, as we record this. By the time anyone hears this episode, it's already dropped, obviously. Um, but the, the concept of not wanting to chase being insurance famous. And I, I was coming off the stage and one of my mentors just said, hey, when somebody gives you a compliment, just say, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. Take right. it to heart and move on. That's it. And I was like, well, what do I do with these people that are, you know, blowing me up with, with, hey, can you help me with such and such? And oh, I really appreciate, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm having an ego problem. I'm starting to like think, oh, I'm a big deal. I was like, you are nothing. You ain't shit, kid. Sit right. down and shut up. Right. And, and I never want to feel like I'm a big deal. Yeah, I, I know that's, that's a little awkward to say that on a podcast be, because right. it's a little too transparent probably, but so many of us in this industry are alpha dogs. We are go-getters. We are we are people that strive to win by nature. That's just how we're wired. We're entrepreneurs. Right. That's how we are. But the moment you start to think, the moment I start to think, you know what? I'm kind of a big deal. You'll You're losing humble. your edge, man. You, yep. you, you got some reckoning to do. So I, I think it's really important that we just acknowledge that, you know, as two podcast hosts, as people that are uh, generally well liked and well respected by by most, uh, you're not as as direct or as confrontational or or uh, what's the word I use? Unintentional asshole in episode fifty two. I think it's what I said about four times. And my wife was like, "You realize you said asshole four times in your episode, right?" Yeah, I was like, "Yeah, I did, didn't I?" That wasn't very polite. Oh, well, it's out there. I can't go back and edit it now. But, uh, it, you know, that that is so important that we practice humility, that we practice being a good peer. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I know I'm rambling here. I think it's important that that gets said. Cause yeah, I agree with you. And uh, I appreciate that. What I also appreciate is I know on the flip side of that, the competitive nature you have, because we were fighting over microphone time at BrainShare, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious oh man. we wanted to be the one to take the mic to the question it i'm gonna get just, to that person first oh no you're yeah. not i will <laughs> that just shows again the two alpha dog uh, microphones we were trying to get people yeah. microphones anyway and i was half were, joking but i was half serious I'm me too first. me too i wanted to play I'm like oh i'm just playing around but no i was serious like dude i've got to get to that anyway no it's so funny uh, and dude it, the, the struggle is real on, the, on those things that competitive nature in me but anyway thank you so much uh for again blessing the mic for showing up, for hanging out with me today, blessing my audience. It's awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, hey, Heath, uh, mayor of Insurance Town, thank you again for having me on. And I don't, what do you call your audience? Is there a special name you have for them? Citizens. Citizens of Insurance Town. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for your time. If you want to uh, check out my podcast, you can visit Please agencyfreedom.com if you want. Uh, shameless plug there. Uh, there is no pitch. There's no guru fluff. It's just great intel and good guests. I like to say cool people doing cool things. 
So come check it out sometime once you're done listening uh, to your fill of Insurance Town podcast. And tell them how to find you if they wanted to reach out to you for anything. Uh, yeah, you can hit me up uh, at James at Agency Freedom. Uh, it's not a paid uh, coaching program yet. At some point, it will be. Uh, but that's that's a ways down the road. If there's anything that I can help you with in your agency, uh, feel free to hit me up, James at agencyfreedom.com. All right, brother. Thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for hanging out with us on the show today. I really hope that the content James and I brought you helped you to be a better insurance professional. That is supremely important to me. Ooh, supremely. I like that. I may have to use that more often. (laughs) Anyway, that's very important to me. Uh, I really, really hope that uh, you guys got a lot out of it. I really want to continue to hear from you guys. Uh, I had two or three of you over the last six months reach out to me and say, I'd love to hear from James Jenkins. So I brought him on today. Um, I've got uh, another podcast coming up that you guys suggested. I don't want to give it away, but it's going to be awesome. So keep suggesting. I'm listening. I'm hearing what you got to say. And so uh, keep sending those suggestions. Um, Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com, or you can hit me on LinkedIn, where most of you do. I I love LinkedIn. So important. Um, So anyway, thank you so much. And if you have an idea for your own show, which I think is a great idea, uh, please reach out to me or go to getreadysetpodcast.com. Ready, set, podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.